Hello, everyone. I'm John Garica. Happy New Year and happy start to the 2023 tennis season. It's Australian Open season. It's those two weeks of the year that every American, they literally get to watch tennis every single night before they go to bed. It's so fun until you realize you've only slept for four hours. And uh, yeah, you ha just had to finish that match the night before. So it really gets annoying. But today marks our season three opener and our first episode to start us out this year is with a legend. She's also a three-time Australian Open champion, so it's a perfect guest to kick off the year. I'm joined today by my buddy and tennis superfan, Jonas Sobel, whose 2023 New Year's resolution is to travel to more tournaments this year and be LaWanda's full-time understudy when she's not in attendance. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to see you, Jonah. Hi. Hi, John. I'm so happy to be talking tennis with you again, you know, bringing up how you don't really get much sleep during this time of the year because of Australian Open reminds me to my first Australian Open I watched where I stayed up all night watching Elena Yankovic save match point against Tamira Pacic in 2008. Oh, I love it. Throwback match. I love it. I know. You know, that's what I'm here for. There's going to be so many this, this next two weeks. It's going to be so exciting. Uh, I do want to point out that your selfie game, I, I did make a crack a joke at you about Luanda, who if you don't know LaWanda on Twitter at LaWanda50. I mean, she's Twitter tennis famous for taking all the selfies with all the players. I love that you walk right up to players and just have, you know, the gumption just to say, hey, let's take a photo. And you always get great photos. I love it. Who is at the top of your list in 2023 to get a photo with? Yelena Ostapenko. <laughs> I want a selfie with her and the fabulous DK1 attire that I'm sure she will have at Indian Wells. I can already see the fantastic selfie that I'll have with her. Oh, man. Is she doing zebra this year? I mean, are we are we morphing? Is it cheetah? I mean, come on. I'm loving last year's kid. I do. I mean, I'm not a hater. She got a lot of flack for it, but I was all about the cheetah. I really was. It was it uh, leopard, right? It was all leopard all near. Yeah, absolutely. Leopard. I think she should do a <laughs> zebra leopard combo. I mean, why not? But She would. She would. She would. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, that's what we got. You know, it's it's season three. It's nuts, Jonah. It's like for me, I mean, I know you've done a couple of these episodes. I appreciate it. At the end of the day, I'm just really excited to tell and share these stories with so many great WTA and ATP players. ATP this year, too. I promise we're going to get there. <laughs> Getting to your third season, John, is incredible. You should be so proud of yourself. Every single podcast makes me so happy listening Aww. to. So thanks. Thank you very much. I mean, you know, three is my lucky number anyway. I mean, I was born on the third. I have three letters in my name. I loved all three Maleva sisters, even Katerina. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mess with the power of threes. I just don't. It's just my thing. So I do have to say this episode with Bethany is full of fun today, Jonah. It really, really is. We're going to talk about it in a second. But uh, she does give us some tea, as we like to say as well. So uh, but before we start talking about our nine time Grand Slam champion, former number one and Olympic gold medalist, Bethany Maddox Sands. Can we talk about the big news this week? Because there was a lot going on in the tennis world this week. Already, we're starting the year. And I feel like there's tons of headlines. We're getting ready for just this crazy two weeks, right? Naomi Osaka dropping a bombshell that she's taking the entire year off and becoming a mom. That was at the top of no list, I say. There was no bingo card that had Naomi Osaka pregnancy, I will say. I know we're big fans. Congrats to Naomi Osaka. She's going to be a great mom. What do you think, Jonah? With Serena out of the game, out of the mix right now, Halep's career in the balance as we speak, Kerber's out. Now Naomi, who may I remind you, is Forbes magazine's highest paid female athlete for three years in a row. She is a superstar of not just tennis, but 
of the sporting world. Is this the year we start seeing new WTA faces emerged? Are we going to have new superstars this year? I definitely think it's possible. When I found out the news at 9.19 a.m. <laughs> Pacific Standard Time that Naomi was pregnant, I immediately texted our group chat and started crying. That's fine. It's normal. <laughs> happy tears, though. Happy tears. Always happy tears. Yeah, come Always on, happy, happy tears. Her. That being said, there are currently, I believe, four or five Czech teenagers in the upcoming Australian Open draw that I think may start to make a name for themselves. I think the younger that these players are getting through qualifying and then showing how much determination they have to come back from 5-7-1-5 and then beat someone that just beat Halep in the last slam shows that Brenda Fruvertova should be na- making a name for herself. And the fact that she's 15 gives me goosebumps. <laughs> no, they're coming. The For her Votova sisters are coming. The, yeah, and the Kudermatova sisters, do you see Paulina as well? She made the main draw. I mean, we're seeing... Uh... Emir brothers and we're seeing the Sarundalo brothers. So it, it's just a family affair in tennis. Hey, that, there's the first trend of 2023. I see it. Do we see... Uh, I mean, obviously, I think think we're going to see Naomi again. I hope that you do too. I'm going to guess that you would being a Naomi fan. We saw Radakanu's rise to superstar status. You just mentioned a few of the younger Czechs, the Naskovas and and our, and our young Czech sisters that are coming up the pipeline right now. Who has the potential right now at the top to have a killer season? Who do we think could be the next Radakanu? I would love to see Sabalenka get a slam or two this year. Watching her form in Adelaide at the first week of the season showed that she was willing to put a lot of the demons from her season last year behind her and move forward. And to play an incredible tournament with, I think she only lost maybe one set throughout the entire tournament, shows that she is ready to fight. And I'd love to see how she handles the pressure of this upcoming draw. Yeah, Sabalenka played amazing in Adelaide to start out the year. I mean, there's so much to talk about. I mean, I cannot wait for this Australian Open episode because we want to talk United Cup. I want to talk all the crazy things that happened already so far this season. Australian Open's here, Jonah. I do want to talk about it before we move on because there's so much to get into. This draw was so juicy. I want to highlight a couple of these matches, these first round matches. Let's talk about the men as well, because I know we just we just had a quick little shift to the ladies. But um, if we could start with the men, I'd love to hear your take on these great first round matches. I mean, what are you most looking forward to in this first round for the men? John, I'm willing to stay up all hours tonight for Sir Andy Murray playing Matteo Berrettini in the first round. I cannot wait oh, for yeah. that matchup. I know that Andy played incredible against Imanor in Kuyong. That's how dedicated of a Sir Andy Murray fan I am. I'm watching Kuyong this week when Adelaide <laughs> and Hobart are currently taking place. But I don't doubt it. I don't. You know, that U.S. Open match in 2022 was a four set rumble with Berrettini and Murray. It was a great match. I, I don't know. You know, Murray always plays well in Australia. I, let's hope for the best for Sir Andy. I, I definitely have high hopes. I think Barry Teeny figures prominently in this Netflix show as well. So it could be a great narrative for him if he can go far in Australia. What's another match on the men's side that you're most looking forward to? I think the first match that everyone saw when they opened the draw between Draper and Nadal was very juicy. Draper just beat Kachanov in Adelaide. Fantastic player. A lot of buzz. I mean, if you type in Telegraph Draper on Google, you'll see a lot of insane article titles. That being said, they may have a point. 
he has a lot of promise and talent. He does. 40 in the world already. So a tough draw for Nadal to start. But, you know, he's he's one of the best of all time, if not the best. So if anyone's going to rise to the occasion in, in Melbourne, it's going to be Rafa Nadal. I, I'm really interested to see how Nick Kyrgios is going to start out this tournament. We haven't really seen him so much. I, I don't know that my eyes are on him always. You know, he can emerge from all the drama and still have his head on typically. I, I don't know. He's in his home country. Let's see how it goes. And then finally, Rublev and team. Uh, the head-to-head, Rublev's won the last four meetings dating back from 2019. So maybe on paper, it's not the best matchup, but I always am so interested in these former top 10 matchups. And we have him on the ladies' side too. So let's talk about the ladies really quick. I have to start with My Girl Vika versus Sofia Kennan. It's a 1-1 head-to-head with the last coming very famously in Rome in 2020 with Vika getting the 6-love, six 6-love six win against Sophia Kennan on the red clay. It's Australian Open champion versus Australian Open champion. You can't get a worse draw. I, honestly, I mean, come on, a former champion. Sophia's having a great reemergence now in Hobart, having a great week. Vika playing some impressive tennis to start out the year. She had a tough loss against Kudermatova, who was playing so well this week. So I, I don't know. I mean, I, I definitely see Vika coming through this match. It's not going to be easy. I don't think it's going to be love and love. But knowing what Vika's done in the offseason and knowing the dedication that she has right now to playing some great tennis at the start of the year, especially because she's away from Leo and she really, if she's going to make the trip without Leo all the way to Australia, she's going to make it count. I'll tell you that right now. So I'm really excited for this tournament for Vika. I'm also going to go with Sviantek and Niemeyer. I mean, for me... I have so much hope for Jules Niemeyer. I loved watching her in the US Open this past year. That round of 16 match with Iga was really fun to watch. I sat there, got to watch courtside. It was a three-set rumble. I have it on good authority that Jules has been working very hard this offseason on her serve. She's deconstructed a lot of it. She's ready to do battle. She knows what it takes to get to the top. She's working with some great people right now. Her camp seems like they know exactly what it's going to take for her to get there. So yeah, we'll see. I think Ego will come through the match. She's playing some great tennis at the start of the year, but still, if we're going to talk upsets, I could see that happening. Before you give me your picks, I will also say Yastrzemska and Ostapenko, I know you're probably going to highlight that one too. I'll let you talk about it, but I definitely circled that one in the draw when it came out. That's going to be really fun to watch. And then Andreescu and Buskova. I know I said two matches, but you know, it's WTA, so... (laughs) I'm going to talk about them. <laughs> Can't wait for that match. I think Andreescu beating Buskova is going to happen, setting up a third round match with Iga. So what were your two matches? Did I anything besides those two, those four? There was one that I was circling big time, and that was Miss Leila Annie Fernandez playing Alize Cornet, who is defending oh, yeah. quarterfinal points. These two oh, played yeah. doubles together at Indian Wells last year. Oh, yeah. Made it all the way to the semis, have great chemistry together. So it will be so interesting to see them on the other side of the court where they have to face off. And I know that they're friendly with each other. So it should be a really interesting match. Yeah. When we had Elise Cornet on the show, she was talking about who she wanted to play more doubles with. And she mentioned Fernandez. Well, we're going to talk about Leila Fernandez in a minute because it's a great transition to the show today. Thanks for your thoughts on the Australian Open. We're going to have, like I said, a full rundown on the Australian Open. We're going to have some amazing guests lined up. So uh, stay tuned for that one. Really excited. Let's talk about Leila Fernandez because she partnered with our episode this week, Bethany Maddox-Sands down in Auckland to start out the year. Auckland, I mean, so crazy to watch with the rain. It was really kind of, is it going to finish? I mean, that was really the question mark the entire week. Every day, it seemed like it was raining and raining, but you're going to hear Bethany in this episode talking about 
how excited she is to play with Layla at the start of the season. They're going to they're going to play in the Australian Open as well together. Auckland, it didn't go exactly the way we had hoped. I mean, it was a great run to the finals, but then did you see that on-court interview at the at the end there? It was extremely uncomfortable to watch as a viewer, John. It was clear that the interviewer was trying to get a rise out of Bethany and Layla when they had just put in a lot of energy and effort to try to win a title. And unfortunately, they played a team that played stronger at some really key points. And sometimes that's just kind of what tennis comes down to. Yeah. Um, Let's talk about this episode for a minute because I'm really excited. I want to get right into it today because it is it's a really great one. As you can imagine, the energy kicks you in the face right away. Bethany Maddox-Sands brings the energy to an 11. And I am not a wallflower either. So when you put her energy with mine, I think you probably need a glass of wine to get through the first maybe <laughs> seven minutes because it's very high energy. You're going to notice a lot of gushing from me this episode, which I heard it back and I was like, I fangirled out for most of the first 10 minutes of this episode. And I thought back, I'm like, yeah, I, I did because I've been such a big fan of Bethany Maddox-Sands. Since I can remember, I we play this really fun game that I can't wait for you to listen to it. We go through Bethany's fashion over the years and we pull out all these great looks that she's worn and, and been so so iconic in and wearing on the court. And yeah, I remember that moment, the first time I saw that straw hat years ago, and I thought this woman is going to be my new favorite player. And I've been following her game for so long. So yes, bear with me. I know there's a lot of gushing for the first 10 minutes of this episode. So once you get through that, I think uh, it gets a little, <laughs> gets a little more conversational. I do have to explain, we talk on this episode too about Okay, I'd never heard of ghee coffee before. So we talk about ghee coffee on the show. I learn how Bethany takes her coffee. It's with ghee. So it's quite unique, just like Bethany. And, you know, I went down this entire rabbit hole of <laughs> ghee coffee. What's your favorite Bethany Maddox Hands moment? Because I'd love to know, as we kind of jump right into this episode, what's your standout moment for her career? There are two that I have to give you, John. One is playing with Nadia Petrova at the French Open over a decade ago and beating Venus and Serena. Okay. I think watching that match on TV, you were blown away by Bethany's talent when it was still pretty early in her career. I also remember her playing with Lucy Safarova and having so much success, whether it was at the Australian Open, the French Open or US Open or the WTA Finals. They just had so much incredible success together. And then, of course, Tech Tech Boom with Iga, <laughs> the incredible run to the French Open Finals in 2021, blew me away and showed that she is one of the best doubles players of all time to me. We talk really seriously about what her plans are for 2023 and beyond. And uh, there's a lot of great moments in this episode. We talk a lot about her comebacks because she's had some big ones in her career. She's had, you know, that that awful moment at Wimbledon that we're never going to forget. Um, it, taking so much time away from the game. She's done it before, and here she is, finishing last season in Guadalajara, coming back, and already to start out the season, making the finals in her first tournament. So, you know, you can never count Bethany Maddox-Sands out. She's not done. She'll tell you that in this episode, that she has been working on some things in the offseason to get that fire back and to get her singles game back and and to win more Grand Slams. And I, So we talk about that and, you know, how she's kind of transformed uh, her, her playing style in the offseason. I do want to mention one thing that we don't highlight that came out this week is the announcement that she's on the Professional Tennis Players Association board. 
it's so interesting. You know, we just made that announcement, so we didn't get to talk about it on the show, but it just goes to show that Bethany has her hand in so many things in our sport, both on and off the court, really has tried for decades to um, to continue her passion and to and to really showcase doubles in a way that many people are really just starting now to enjoy. So one last thing I wanted to mention to you, John, I told you earlier this week, I was reading Ash Barty's new memoir, My Dream Time. Oh, yeah. Oh, what do you think? What do you think of it? It is such a great book, John. It is fantastic. It's so clear reading the book how Ash's decisions were made and why they were made. But it's also clear on, on page nine, she mentions Bethany and how incredible of a rival Bethany was, especially early in her career as a doubles uh, specialist with Casey Delacqua. Bethany was one of her biggest rivals and hearing her commentary about how incredible of a competitor Bethany is just goes to show that Bethany Maddox-Sands is an incredible athlete and competitor and how great she is for tennis. Yeah. And obviously, you know, the respect that uh, someone like Ash Barty has for for Bethany. I'm really excited to share this episode with everybody. It's our season three opener of Fantastic Tennis. I really hope you enjoy getting to know Bethany Maddox-Sands. <laughs> 